Um, okay. This is Opinions Are Cheap. I'm Cameron, and I'm with my special guest, Ellie the Basset Hound. Who's a good girl? Who's a good girl? I refuse to bark. Who's a good to be? Are you talking to your dog? Yes, I love her so much. She threw up on my shoes, so I hope she's okay. I've had my cat do that. It's 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 less about are you okay, and it's more of like why are you such an asshole. That's Chad. Mm-hmm. What are you doing? What's what's your what? How's how's your week going? What are you, what are you up to, man? What do you what are you? Man, my week's been kind of a weird mess of of like stress at work because we've had this big audit coming up and then then the auditor showed up and he got sick so we didn't really give a shit he just kind of like passed us and left so that was fun <laughs> yes. yay the system like, works i was like i put so many hours into this stuff and he's like oh i believe you okay moving on you know like didn't didn't ask us to like prove anything like you normally would in an audit like that it was pretty silly and then on Wednesday, my, my foot hurt really bad. I think I, like, tore or damaged some ligament in the heel when I was at a, a concert on last week, Friday. And it was just like, no, you're going to be, it's going to really hurt today. And then it's going to maybe be fine the next day. So Wednesday sucked. And then Thursday was the, the audit, so that was stressful. And then it wasn't. And uh, then Friday was, I guess, kind of a normal day. And I don't know, it's just been, it's just been a weird week, and I'm glad it's over. That's good. I like when weeks are over. Yeah, me too. I'm gonna get the old gun and put it in my mouth. Everything's over. All right. Yeah. Oh, this gun shop's having a sale. Um, for October, <laughs> it's Glocktoberfest, and it's like that's so clever. I'm gonna buy three. Man, who who just goes and just like that's such an American thing. What? Like a Glocktoberfest, like because that sounds like I'm, I'm guessing a store is actually doing that. Oh yeah, no, you're you're not wrong. <laughs> That's a very American thing. Um, I don't know. To be fair, other countries have their things too. Mm-hmm. Ugh. That's true. Nobody's perfect. Oh, also, we got new neighbors again in the upstairs uh, building in the house. You, you made I'm, new friends? No, I don't. I'm, I'm upset. I, I enjoyed when there's nobody up there because I could be really loud and not have to worry about it. Did you have a did you sing dog. the uh, sometimes it barks sing the venom theme song with them? I did not. Actually, the first my first encounter with with one of them is there's a kind of like a, a big garage next to our, our place that's also rented. So there's this car in our driveway, and I and this lady walks out, and I just assumed she was getting something out of the garage because that happens like once every other week. And it and uh, she's like, "Hi, I'm Tina." I'm like, "Okay," and I just like walked inside. And, you know, I just assumed it was that, and it turns out, no, that she's living above us now, and she probably thinks I'm an asshole. <laughs> That's a good place to be. Yeah, I, I told my brother that, and he was, like, kind of mortified. He's like, well, I hope we run into her so you can explain why you why you were rude. And it's like, ah, I don't know if I give that much of a shit. As long as, as, long as nobody's noisy, I'm, I'm, I'm cool. Like, I would prefer just to not have to talk to them. Oh, so speaking of friends. Okay. Um, I Some some friends from the uh, the Merchants Guild... Uh, they want to have a movie night. And so they invite me to movie night. It's like, oh, okay, what are we watching? And they picked uh, Cannibal Holocaust. Oh, okay, so they're those kinds of people. Have you seen that movie? No, but I know a lot about it. So I didn't. 
That's one of they those. They kill like, actual animals in that movie. Yeah. The the movie title was one of those things that I had a movie teacher in college that was like, oh, that's one of those movies you should see because it's artistic. So it's like, it's on my list of movies. And it's like, oh, well, here's an excuse to just sit down and watch it. So sure, I'd love to join you guys for Cannibal Holocaust. Uh, and oh my goodness. <laughs> like, the, the amount of, um, like the the whole point was to think about racism, but they're doing it in a really like clearly racist way, and just horrible stuff, horrible things. Yeah, it's a very violent movie. Um, yeah, yeah. Like honestly, I kind of had it like tabbed out, so I could just when it, when the screams stopped, I would like tab in and join the chat and go, "Oh yeah, I'm watching and with you." Um, so everybody. Avoid Cannibal Holocaust. It's not that artistic. No, it's it's one of those movies that have like people into really schlocky horror movies seem to. I'll, I I see it talked up a lot by a certain type of person. Um, and they're not the type of person who I usually trust when it comes to movies. Yeah, and that's not to say that there isn't artistic merit to it, but um, if you want to compare this to Clockwork Orange or like or anything Kubrick. Um, it's, it's just, it's not quite there. Mm-hmm. Um, like there's, there's a message to it and I think the message is important, but you have to sit through such horrible things that like for a message that I already agree with, that was like, okay, I, eh. It's one of those things where you get like something like human centipede, right? Where, you know, going in like what you're getting into. And I feel like, I haven't seen that movie, but I know, you know, here's a pretty fucked up movie that's meant to, like, shock horrify you. And that's basically all it wants to do. Like, I'm pretty sure that movie doesn't pretend to be, like, about something intelligent or really artsy. It's just a a dumb movie where a guy sews three people together so they can poop in the mouths. Whereas something like Cannibal Holocaust, or I know a Serbian film gets thrown around a lot, too, where it's like, no, this movie is, like, Really violent, horrifying, and bad things happen. And maybe if you squint a bit, it's about something. But I don't know how anybody really gets beyond the fact that, you know, someone cuts someone's dick off or whatever. Yeah, it's kind of... A lot of the stuff felt like gratuitous violence for the sake of it. And it's like, at the end, it's like, and here, why don't you think about this, huh? Isn't violence bad? It's like, yeah, it is. I don't know why... We watched this. I'm trying to think of, like, movies that use violence really well. Well, I mean... Hmm. I mean, I thought Hereditary did. Um. But it wasn't, like, gratuitous. They just had, like, a couple of really gnarly shots that it lingered on. And it maybe didn't have to do that. And you, know, I, you get kind of into the shock element. I love Halloween. And it's funny watching Halloween because it sets this precedent of all the horror tropes that would come later. Mm-hmm. But really, it's like this is the first one. Yeah. So it, it, but what it also does is like there's not, um, there's no like over the top violence, and like a lot of stuff doesn't even happen on screen, and it's violent enough where you're scared. Like, okay, this is really serious. Like, oh, you're really in danger, lady. But it's never like, look at how gross the knife is. Oh, I feel like. Something like uh, Pan's Labyrinth when um at the near the end where the one dude gets like stabbed in the mouth with a knife, and it's not 
it's not like gratuitous like he doesn't bleed a whole lot um but the shot lingers and it's like the way the, the way everything is done it like it looks like he's actually being stabbed right like i feel like that kind of violence is you know the realistic stuff is kind of what makes me squirm a bit more it's the really gratuitous stuff the times i've seen it i almost feel like i get kind of detached and it's like i'm watching a cartoon yeah and and that was the thing with like cannibal holocaust is like there's a part where they're raping one of the natives and then it like goes downhill from there. And then the cannibals show up and like, and steal the woman and they're raping her. And while they're on her, they're decapitating her. And it's yeah, like, I mean, like what, what's the message what's here? The, <laughs> yeah. You have to wonder like, like who writes that? And, and is like, yeah, this is going to be an amazing scene that people are going to be thinking and talking about for a while. And it, it I don't know, I guess, like, I would never have the urge to write something like that. Like, ever. Yeah, but it is 2018 and we're talking about it, so. That's true. So, I don't know. Um, talking about, this is less movies and more video games, but I'm playing that new Assassin's Creed. Okay. And I feel like the violence is really lame. As in, like, there's a lot of it and it's stupid, or there's not enough of it? Just it's stupid. Um, okay. There, there's times where, like, I'm trying to do a stealth thing where I'm sneaking into a fort, and it's broad daylight, and I'll grab a guy and I push the the assassinate button. So it's like I come up behind him and stab a knife into his back, and he goes ah, and then you turn around and you stab like a spear into his mouth, so it like comes out the back of his head, and he's like ah. Blah, 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 blah. And you throw him against a wall, and he, like, thuds, and then you, like, break his spine, and then you take your weapons back out of his body. And there's, like, a bloody mess on the floor. So I pick up the body, and I, like, chuck it into some bushes, and, it, like, no one notices this at all. Sure. And it's just so, like, there's these well-done animations that will just default to ragdoll. Where, like, you might be, like, executing somebody, and there's a whole, like, combat thing where it's, like, this choreographed, you know, sequence that was mo-capped. And as soon as that's done, then the body just like T poses and spirals up into the air because there was like <laughs> there was like some sort of like momentum built up. Yeah, and it's like, wow, why did you waste your time animating any of this? Um, that was like a very Assassin's Creed thing. Like I feel those games always seem to have like some weird bugs. Or yeah, especially with the physics. Like um, but then I it got me thinking about um the the latest Mortal Kombat. Where the okay. violence is a little bit much, like it's a bit too much for my tastes, but it's handled so well that I love it. And it's like, okay, they, they figured it out. How come we can't, like they set the bar, how come no one's paying attention where the bar is at? And see, I guess I was going to either default to that or, um, I remember the executions in like the 2010 Aliens vs. Predator game. And the first time I saw them all, like oh. they was like, "Oh man, this is really cool!" Like how fucking bloody and gory this I is. I liked those, and but I feel like it, you play like forty hours of the multiplayer, and you get so used to them that you're just kind of like, "I was supposed to see weren't here anymore." Like they just take up time. Well, yeah, and the other thing is when you're playing multiplayer, they kind of leave you open. Yeah, so and then you're supposed which, to use them as like a trophy kill to brag, and not your default means of killing but you get into a game mode and like everyone's just doing that and they just like set up a train where like everyone's yeah. in line to kill the next person because once you started it i don't think you could like get out of it it's so no. it was like a guaranteed kill it was a taunt pretty much yeah we're we're like uh, i know like in halo they have those too but you can 
you know, if you get a shot off real quick and kill the person that's in mid mid assassination, like you save your teammate. Yeah. And so that's cool. Um, and sometimes really annoying because I'll accidentally do it and then die and don't get the kill. Uh, but yeah, in Aliens vs. Predator, they did not have the forethought to. And you know, someone probably brought it up and they're like, I don't have time to fix this shit. It's been eight years since we've had an Aliens vs. Predator game. I want another one. With motion controls and microtransactions. No, none of those things. If there's loot boxes, I will keep buying loot boxes until I get the alien with like the crosshatch cut in his head. You're part of the problem, Cameron. I got money. <laughs> Blame my boss. I work hard and earn it. There you go. I'm going to turn on my fan real quick. There we are. Um, okay. Do you, we had a topic chosen today, but do you want to just keep talking about violence? Yeah, I didn't really think about the topic we chose. I sort of did, but it's not something we can hold on for later, so. Yeah. Um, So, I'm thinking about cartoon violence. Okay. What's your, like, what are some of your favorite, like, Tom and Jerry gags? I like, I like it when he, like, runs into something really hard and he bounces back and he, like, turns into, like, a table or the object he ran into. Yes, I was just gonna say the same thing. I love when, I love when he runs around the corner and, like, he'll, he'll slam his head into an iron and now his face is just the shape of an iron. Yeah. Um, I just, I, I loved the scene in the Avengers movie when Thanos, like, turned him into, like, clay and ribbons. Oh, yeah, that did happen. Because that was from the comic books. And it was like reality stone. How are you going to do that in a realistic movie? And they found a way to adapt these like Tom and Jerry comic book, you know, yeah. style uh, effects in a way where you legitimately care. Like, oh no. Um, there's a there's a guy in My Hero Academia who like turns people into like meatballs. And I remember when I saw that for the first time, I was like, that is a fucking horrifying superpower. Why is no one like screaming? Oh yeah, it's like everyone's like, um, like no, this is just a thing that happens today. Yeah, and it's the same as like, uh, like Boo turns people into candy, mm-hmm. and it's like that's like creepy. Yeah, that's horrifying. But no one seems to care that much. It's more like, oh, we have to stop him. Boo is an interesting villain. I, I don't like him, and I don't like the story, and I don't like where the story goes, and I don't like that he's just a good guy that's part of the cast now. I hate all of those things. I don't like him. I think the some of the ideas behind him are pretty good. There's like interesting. He's basically bits. an idiot child that wants to that can kill anybody he runs into, and he has no problems doing that. And I feel like that level of like weird sociopathy could be cool in an anime. I just don't want it in Dragon Ball Z. Yeah, I mean, there's something interesting about this weird, um, like completely apathetic force of destruction that's being diluted by these like noble wise men that could do that. But the way that it was presented is kind of like, Oh, is that what's going on? Like after all that, this is what's actually happening. It was such a weird reveal too. Cause like Vegeta had to betray everybody basically again. And so yeah, big Vegeta Goku fight for no reason. And then, and then it's like, okay, here's the final bad guy. And it's like a big fat pink thing who is like a, an idiot child. And it's like, really, that's what we led this, what we've, we've been led up to. And then of course he's got like 10 different forms. I like, um, 
I like when Frieza transforms because each form was like more monstrous and intimidating. And then it turns the last one. Well, yeah, the last one, it's like you don't know what it's what he's capable of because it's suddenly such a different direction. Yeah. And I felt like that was earned. And I felt like with Boo, it's almost just the same thing, but like just random directions. Or now he's old and shriveled up. Like, what? And now he's a tall and buff. What? Okay. It's All funny. Right. I've been uh, rewatching Dragon Ball Z abridged, and so I'm nearing the end to the uh, Frieza saga. And Frieza's just transformed into a into his final form. And it's it's a lot less impactful in Dragon Ball Z abridged, but it's still like it's got that you know what the fuck's gonna happen kind of thing element to it. Yeah, you know they still manage to preserve that a bit. Yeah, and. I feel the same way with those uh those Mega sixty four shorts where they'll do it in five minutes. Yeah, and it's like the joke is that they're running through all the tropes as quickly as they can, but also one hundred percent accurately portraying the events. <laughs> and yeah. it's like I was watching the Cell one just the other day, and I legitimately like care when some of the characters die. It's like, oh no, yeah, get stronger, guy. Uh yeah. So okay, and any violence. Um, sometimes anime gets pretty violent. Yeah, I'm like, thinking like, you know, Elf and Lead, like, the first seven minutes of that was always, like, my go-to thing when, in high school, because Lucy kills, like, 30 people and just, like, rips them apart, and it's pretty gnarly. Did you ever see, uh, shoot, what's it called? Um, Dead Man Wonderland? Uh, no. That's not what it's called, right? I'm think, not sure. I think I butchered that name. Google... Dead Man. There's a lot of oh, anime I, right. I haven't seen. Dead Man Wonderland. Oh, so you never saw that? Nope. So it takes place in a future where, uh, like, to solve overpopulation in prisons, there's, like, an independent uh, prison company that they, they take all the people that are on death row, and it's pretty much like um, Gladiator game show. Okay. Where they're just, like, fighting to the death, and, like, some of them can reduce their sentence by winning. Um, but it gets to a point where there's some kind of, like, conspiracy where they're running out of death row inmates because the, the program's effective. So they just start, like, framing people. And oh. I don't know. I didn't actually care for the show. Like, it didn't grab me. But I was at Comic-Con one year, and they're showing, like, a trailer for the Blu-ray you can buy. And there's a character who was, like, she she was, like, a torture person mm. there's a word for that and what they That's had like, grew right is like the genre yeah it was like this um this guy they have him like hanging up like he's tied up and then she has a whip but the the whip is made out of a razor blade and so she's just like stripping flesh off of him and they kept playing this trailer on loop and i was looking at it and it's like this is really like i don't it's, it doesn't bug me that that's in the show, but it's like, there's kids walking around here. Like, it's a little extreme to just have on a big screen on loop the whole show. Sure. Oh, um, fuck, I can't remember. Have you ever... That reminds me of a, of a show I watched... God, this came out a long... No way this came out in, in 2016. Unless I'm thinking of a different anime, but it's called... Um, oh, fuck, how do you pronounce this? It's M-N-E-M-O-S-Y-N-E. <laughs> what? And it's a uh, it. It's basically like high budget gore porn in a way. It's 
I can't remember what the plot of the anime is about, but like even like the front first sentence of of the Wikipedia page is like is a six episode anime television series produced by so and so featuring grotesque and erotic visuals, and it's a lot of people like dying in really gross ways or getting kind of like turned on as they're being murdered or whatever. Okay, this might be up my alley. I don't know. It, <laughs> it's a. It's funny because I don't, I don't fucking remember anything about it other than I watched it, and I was like, "Oh, that's a thing I've not watched." <laughs> yeah, apparently I mean, it's one of thirty-eight anime banned in China. I think, I think one of my favorite, um, like more mature animes is always going to be Evangelion. Never saw that one actually. I really like the original cut and the original run. I feel like it's perfect. And this redo they're doing where they're, like, adding more, it seems to be capitalizing on, like, fan service. I don't just mean, like, girly stuff. I mean, it's like, let's give the people what they want. And it's like, I kind of like the story being what I don't want to see happen. Sure. That's what was interesting, you know? And uh, It's kind of funny that I feel like at a certain point when you watch anime, like, there's that transition from, like, you see what's on Cartoon Network to what you can find on the internet. And so it's like going from uh, Naruto and Inuyasha to something like Elfin Lead. Or what are some other pretty violent ones I used to watch it on. It's been a while. But yeah, like, it, 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 it's, a, it, it's crazy, like, going from t- teenage stuff to adult stuff, but you're still, like, a teenager and it's a cartoon. Because, I don't know, anime can... doesn't pull any punches sometimes when it wants to show something fucked up because they can just do it. It's, you know, just, it's drawn. Yeah. And they also don't have the same censorship issues that we do in the U.S. Yeah, and so, like, I just remember being like, like, holy shit, this is what you can find, too, kind of thing. Yeah. So, in in high school, it was definitely about, like, the violence because I wanted to watch people, like, get shot and stuff because that was fun, and now it's more about uh, content. Yeah. Um there oh there's a really good shot in the Ghost and Shell movie. I think this is the only shot I like. But she's trying to stop the tank and so she like she manages to get close enough and not get blown up where she's on the like the brain control hatch. Have you seen this? I have seen this. And she's like she's trying to rip the thing like the door off and it's literally tearing her body apart. Yeah, I remember that. And it's it's a well done shot where it, it also like it shows like how hard she's working to get this done. It's like emotional and impactful and dramatic at the same time, so it feels warranted. Do you think Ghost in the Shell is a good movie? Which movie? The like anime the, movie? Yeah. No, I don't like it. No, I don't either. I think I think it's kind of a bad movie. Um, I don't know why people really like that movie. I, I'm not sure, and I, and even the the live action thing they did when they said they're going to make a Ghost in Shell movie, I was like, oh, don't ruin Ghost in Shell. And it's like, well, it's going to be like based on the movie. I was like, oh, we'll do whatever. Yeah, I actually thought the live action movie was better. I'll always it- have the first season of the anime, and that's all I want. So anything else is just sprinkles on top. And I imagine it works better in the anime. We have a lot more time to flush out the world. Because it seemed like the movie wanted to do a lot of things and then didn't know which to focus on. Yeah, maybe. I don't know. I've I can picture that being an issue. It. But uh, I just remember like the, there being like really no character to any of the characters in the movie. 
Uh, and so I didn't give a shit about anybody. And then the, the dubbing was really bad. Yeah, I think what I like about the show is the amount of characterization. And um, when something happens to a character, you care every time. Yeah, I didn't, I didn't really get that out of the movie. And I, I imagine it's just like, well, we only have two hours. Yeah. So it is what it is. I don't know. I like um the the I like Final Fantasy fourteen. Which I think I've talked about before. Probably, but and we can uh, revisit. The the I guess technically it's the second expansion, um, Heaven's Sword. And it's just the the story's interesting because you're framed for murdering like the the queen of a third of the world. Oh wow. And what's really tragic is that, like, she's kind of your best friend and your first supporter. And um, she's literally, uh, she's having a meeting with you about how she wants to give up the crown and turn the government into, like, a democracy that the people can run. Because she thinks that would be better for her people, and that's what her responsibility is to her people. Okay. And then uh, she's poisoned and you're framed for doing it. So you're like, you're chased out of the city. And you have to go into hiding. So you go to this land that's like removed from the rest of the governments going on. Like everything you worked on saving and reestablishing after this like world shattering event happened, they all turn their backs on you. So you have to go to this new kingdom where no one knows you and no one cares about what you've done and start over from scratch. Oh, that's kind of neat. And so the story is like about this political intrigue and like what's going on? Like who would who would kill her and why? And what do you do to prove your, your innocence? But what it turns into is you get involved with stuff in this new kingdom of Ishgard where there's just history. The reason they're cut off from the rest of the world is that they're having a war with dragons. <laughs> and apparently this war with dragons has been going on for so long that that's like all they know or care about. And they don't they they don't have the resources to help other places, so they're like just put up the borders. You know, we we won't let any dragons escape our land, and we'll just focus on stopping them. Oh wow! And the more you get into it, you find out that the reason the dragon war started was because of this really tragic romance that happened like a thousand years ago, where the dragons and humans hated each other, but this one lady fell in love with a dragon. And they decided that, like, maybe if they could get along, they could show other people how to get along. And there's this betrayal, and things happen, and she dies. Um, And then someone blames the dragons for killing her, even though that's not what happened. And it turns into this feud where the dragon king got killed, and then this happened, and it snowballs, and now, like, generations of war you can't, like, undo. Right. And so it's really, like, dramatic stuff. And so part of the story is, like, getting everyone to give up on this stuff and, like, move on and and try to rebridge this lost relationship that once was. And uh, what's great is there's a part where the a representative from the dragons, like, pretty much the current dragon queen, um, shows up at the ceremony where they want to declare peace with the dragons. And they unveil this stone etching that they just made. That's on the, there's like a wall that divides the humans from the dragons. And they put up this giant plaque and somebody etched in this beautiful picture of dragons and humans living together. 
And then the evil dragon shows up and kills the dragon queen. And there's this shot of her blood splattering all over the plaque. And it's like, I don't know. <laughs> it feels very warranted. How yeah, I mean, that seems like it's pretty. It, it's a little hardcore. like dramatic, and it, it's um, I don't know what the word Shakespearean, yeah, uh, goofy in a way, uh, melodramatic. That's the word. A lot of it's melodramatic. They're using like this old English style, so it feels like you're watching a play. Sure, but it's just like characters in the story die. Like the the queen from the beginning that you got framed for. Um, when her bodyguard finds out, and and her bodyguard's a cool guy that you hang out with too. Um, when he finds out, he attacks the person that he certain did it, and somebody like jumps in front of him and cuts his arm off. And it's like he's this war hero that has saved the world before, and now he's like, you know, his arms <laughs> just lying there gripping a a sword that he can't use anymore, as he kind of like falls over and he's trying to remain conscious, and it's like. Everything escalated so fast at a time where, like, everything was working out so great. Um, and I just, I, I feel like there's a there's a point where conflict like that can help tell a story, and it doesn't have to be. Look at this gore, isn't that gory? It can be like, here's a bullet point to like make this impactful and meaningful. To bullet point, but not a bullet hole. Yeah. Look at me. Um. Yeah, no, it's definitely, like, violence means something when you care about, like, what's happening. And I know a lot of, um, a lot of movies, especially action movies, you know, they like to start off, like, in medias res with, like, a fight scene. And the spectacle can be cool, but typically, like, especially in books, I've gotten to a point where I don't really like it because I don't know what's going on, and it's like, oh, the main character might die, and it's like, but I know he's not, it's chapter one, and I haven't learned enough about him to give a shit if he's gonna die or not. Did you like John Wick? Yes. I like how there are these like really long fight scenes where interesting stuff happens, but there's also a lot of people that he kills without like batting an eyebrow. Yeah. Because he's very good at what he does, and the reality is that not everyone's on that level. There's a lot of like good storytelling and character development through fighting and violence in the John Wick movies. Yes. Which is amazing and why those like action movies are so much better than a lot of other ones. I heard a really great pitch for what the next one should be. Hmm. It should open with him in a fight scene and he dies, and the whole movie is about his dog avenging him. That'd be that'd be pretty funny. I feel like that's something like an internet spoof thing would do. <laughs> or robot chicken. Yeah. I love like I love how he, oh, he always double taps and it's I watch so many action movies, they don't fucking double tap, and then, like, a bad guy gets back up, and now we're having this scene. And it's like, no, you always fucking double tap. I don't know why this is a thing anymore. Oh, so, speaking of Robot Chicken, um, I was watching this documentary about He-Man, and they're talking about making the cartoon show, and, like, we were talking about censorship and stuff. Yeah. One of the writers was saying that one of their favorite notes was, uh, there's a scene where they had to, like, he man had to stop a river or something, so they wrote that he he uproots a tree and throws a tree to dam the river. And the note back was, "Please do not depict He Man lifting a tree. This might be emulated by small children." Sure, but they can't lift trees, so all they're gonna do is just like be hugging it. I, they didn't know what to do with it. It's like <laughs> they just had to. They completely changed the whole scene just because they didn't know what the guy was talking about. 
Yeah, that's pretty weird. But also, one of the violent acts you're not allowed to put in the show is they weren't allowed to have any character grimace at another character. Huh. So if you watch it, and I always thought this is just because it was easier to edit, but there's rarely two characters on screen at a time. There's always, like, a close-up of Skeletor, and he's like, I'm angry! And then it cuts to a different character, and it's like, I'm not angry! And it's because they, they're not allowed to have the two characters staring at each other, and one of them's looking mean, because that was considered a violent act. Huh. It's so weird, like, thinking about the cartoons I used to watch as a kid, and then, like, watching cartoons out now, and, like, like watching Gravity Falls and the level of, of like, horror elements and violence in Gravity Falls, and it's like, wow, this is, one, like, far enough into the show where I care enough about the characters to mean something if, like, a monster is trying to kill Dipper. But then if the monster's actually kind of scary, or, like, there's, you know, there's something about it that's off-putting or, or creepy even to me, I'm just like, is this okay for kids? And then you look back at the cartoons we used to watch when we were kids, and it's like people were swinging swords and shit all the time, but it was always so goofy and stupid. I don't know, it, it's so weird to, to, to be an adult and, like, have that thought, and then when I was a kid, it's like, I, I probably would have loved something like Gravity Falls, because it's just a, a really good cartoon, and being able to relate to it, you know, age-wise, too, like, oh, I'm the same age as this character, it's more of an adventure now. I, I don't yeah, know. Like, I, when I was really young, I can't remember anything that I saw on television that made me think, oh, I should try that. Yeah. Like, that never once crossed my mind. But then, like, there were so many people that, when they were kids and into wrestling, it's like, oh, well, I gotta get my friends together so we can try to suplex each other. I guess. I Even that, like, I never, I never, I never saw that, that as a thing that I could do. Yeah, I, I never would have either, but I know, I've, I've heard plenty of stories of, yeah, we almost killed each other playing wrestling. There was even, like, there was an episode of Mr. Rogers that was talking about how, like, evil Superman is. Really? Um. Yeah, He. I guess there was a news article about some kid hurt himself jumping off a roof because he, he got a cape, so he thought that he could fly like Superman. And so, Mr. Rogers, like, he was like, okay, we're doing an episode about this. And they, the whole, like, moral of the story was how uh, superheroes are imaginary, and you probably just shouldn't pay attention to superheroes because they're just, they're not that great anyways, because they're not real. I mean, he's got a point. Some of them aren't very great. I don't know. I just watched, uh, you know what's coming Marvel. out next week is the Lego DC Villains game. Oh, yeah? And you can, um, you can make your own villain, and you join the, uh, I can't remember, I'm having a brain fart. The League Legion of Doom. Oh, okay. You, you join the Legion of Doom as like a new villain. Um, and Polka Dot Man is playable, and he's voiced by Greg Miller from the internet. That's kind of cool. Yeah. Um, I always thought um, some of the stuff in like Courage the Cowardly Dog when I was younger. Oh, yeah, was dude. pretty over the top at points where it's just like, did he just like throw up his skeleton because he screamed so loudly? I loved Courage. I there's still people that get weirded out if you if you mention like return the slab or suffer my curse. <laughs> oh yeah. Remember um, that episode? Do you remember the one about like the lesbians that learned a lesson that not all men are bad? Oh god, that sounds familiar. It was Maybe like, not quite in that reductive manner, but it was a cat with a mask and it was a sad it was such a sad character because she was clearly wearing a mask to hide. And she had this, like, white robe on, and 
and she just hated courage and courage didn't seem to understand why, but she was just so sad and you really felt for her. And then courage finds um, her, her bunny friend that's being held hostage by a bunch of like rough gang dogs. And so courage helps get the, the bunny free. And um, it's like, he kind of like sacrifices himself to delay the dogs. And like, they're beating him up while the, while the girls escape. And it was just this weird. Uh, there was a tone. Goes in some weird directions. Well, it was just there was this tone where you could tell that the people working on it were really working. They were really making a very good episode, where like you could tell there was an attention to detail that wasn't always there, and they were okay. giving it their all in this one. It's like okay, I think I should watch this one. Um, there's a few like that, and then there's a few where it's just like here's a goofy thing happening. Yeah, I remember most of the goofy ones, like uh. Like the evil eggplants. Yeah, that I was a fun one. It's, it's just so it's so like dumb that it sticks with you. I know he teamed up with I think the abominable snowman a couple times, and they had to like fix the uh, hole in the ozone layer. They, or the ones some... with the ducks, the the alien chicken ducks, or whatever. Yeah. Um. Did you ever see that? It, it was more like an animation test for a reboot. No, I don't think I ever saw that. So this was interesting. Um. This was for money reasons. But you know how in the original show, like whenever it's in his imagination, he tends to imagine things in a different art style. And half the time it was like CGI or something. Mm -hmm. So with this reboot, they were going to do the whole show CGI. But whenever he imagines something, it would be drawn classically. Well, that's kind of an interesting idea. And yeah, and I felt like it didn't quite work because the CGI took away from... um, like, he had a sight gag where he screams and all of his teeth, like, ran out of his mouth and, like, went to hide. But it just didn't have the same charm since it was CGI. Yeah, I have a feeling it's probably a little, like... I mean, it's always disturbing, but it'd probably be more disturbing as CGI. It just... It didn't... The teeth didn't have as much personality as if you were to hand-draw each frame. Sure. Like, honestly, it was, like... It was less disturbing, and that was the problem. Huh. Um... But yeah, I I loved some of the iconic stuff from I still sometimes I close my eyes and I see that weird vision of that there's like a weird um head but there's like these like wires and screws like growing out of his head and he's just like floating blue and he looks really depressed and he just like looks in the camera for a minute and goes, oh, "I don't know." And like drifts off to like to sleep or something and it cuts away and it's like, "What the what did I see?" I can't tell if like cartoons are are willing to do that now. I don't watch enough of them anymore. If like that's still a kind of thing that they can do, or if if that's like pushing boundaries. I I because I, I feel like SpongeBob still gets pretty fucked up, right? Like uh, yeah, sometimes. <laughs> you know, like I remember like the Squidward's toenail thing, where like the, the <laughs> I hate that. I knew you were going to bring falls that up. On it and, um. <laughs> But I think they, I still think that show gets bad levels of disturbing, you know, this many years out where characters get injured in really weird ways or their faces get ripped off. And it's, and it's weird because it's a cartoon and it's funny, but it's also like, like really, to me, like really graphically violent too, like at the same time. And sometimes it's hard for me to like separate that. Like I have to be in like the right mind, mindset. So, how do you feel about body horror? I generally like the... I, 
I guess I'm not that big of a fan of it. I feel like it gives me the willies too much. I think if there's something that makes you think and is like, it doesn't have to be disturbing, but it has to be fascinating in a way that you can't comprehend why it's fascinating, then that means they did it right. Yeah. And I feel like, um, like Attack on Titan, a lot of people talk about the body horror and just how like creepy the monsters look, the way they run and the way their bodies are messed up. Sure. And the way they just like violently kill people. And it's just, it's so boring. I cannot, I don't understand why anyone likes that show. It's, there's nothing entertaining about it. And it's just a zombie show, but the zombies are really big. And it's, and even then it's like the whole pitch is like, they're so unstoppable. And then the whole show is about them stopping them all the time. There are really cool ideas in Attack on Titan. I never watched past the first season. Um, I thought the main character is way too fucking insufferable to keep going. But I do like I do like the design work of the Titans. I, I think the Titans are, are are pretty cool as a ca- catastrophe. Yeah, and there, there's some art from the original manga where it's like, oh, that's a really good shot. And maybe it doesn't come across the way in the anime, but I just, I don't care about the story at all. Like, it's just, I'm so indifferent to it. I feel like it has that kind of anime manga problem where it, it's, it seems to me it moves too slowly. And it, it doesn't do a good job of, like, keeping my interest. Even though, like, there's a whole, like, oh, characters are gonna die in this. It's like Game of Thrones, you know, you have to be real nervous. And it's like, yeah, but I hate half the cast. And when they're not doing something cool, it just seems like they're standing around talking a lot because they don't have, like, the budget to animate it. Mm-hmm. Which is something you really notice in anime when you realize that's a thing. Yeah, the Did corners you, um... they cut. Mm-hmm. Oh, this isn't the one. Okay, so, do you know uh, Goblin Slayer? Oh god, I saw people talking about that today for the first time, and it makes me want to check it out, because there was a lot of curse words involved, and I think they were for a good reason. Like, holy fuck, holy fuck, kind of thing. Yeah, they're, well, they're adapting this really intense manga into an anime. Yeah. And it's like, oh, it's not gonna look the same as the manga. It just, the art will not carry it the same way. <laughs> I mean, that that was, like, the problem with Berserk all the time, right? Is like yes. The manga has, like, this amazing art style, and then you, so you, there's no way you can adapt that into a visual medium where it moves. There's just too much detail. And then they then they made the curse show with uh, all the CG, which I've not actually seen, but I've seen enough, enough GIFs of to be like, well, that looks horrible. What are any examples, and this is off of violence now, but what are any examples of a manga that was improved once it went to anime. Um, Elf and Lead, because they didn't do the latter half, and the latter half of that manga was bad. So they okay. ended it, like, where it... They ended it at a really good spot. I never read a lot of manga, though, so... I still... And I definitely don't now. Uh, I don't really have time for it, I guess. It's so much easier to find anime on, like, Crunchyroll, or, you know, if you have Netflix or Hulu, like, it's just there. Whereas manga, I feel like you have to dig a little deeper. I Maybe think, not. I um, Monmusu is better in anime. Because I think color brings a lot of personality to all the cute girls. Well, there you go. So that's the thing. Um, one of the things with violence that, you know, a completely different direction, but, uh, Tarantino movies. 
are are violent in a very fun, over the top way. Uh name one. Uh, Django Unchained. Okay, yeah. I mean, like when he's that the fight scene near the end where he goes back to Candy's mansion and just like kills everybody. It's so satisfying because they're all like racist, horrible people, and he's getting revenge. But I know there, there's this one point where he shoots this lady and like. She's on, you know, hooked up to a wire or something because she flies backwards, like, out the door in, like, the stupid cartoonish way possible. And it's so weird, like, that they would have that in there. But then it's really funny, too, and it's like, oh, I'm, I'm glad this is here. Like, I'm having a good time with this. And it's it's weird how, or maybe not weird, but it's cool how Tarantino can, can use, like, a lot of over-the-top, like, shots and gore and just blood everywhere and make these really graphic action sequences really, really fun. And how blood can be disturbing, or in his case, like, it can be a, a thing to laugh at. And over the top is... It, well, okay, before the show, we are talking about Venom. Yes. And it's like, there's parts in Venom where it's like, oh yeah, this is a PG-13 movie. But... I was I was getting in this argument with a guy at work, and it's like I don't think making an R-rated movie would actually make it better. And if anything, just letting kids watch it is maybe better for everybody. Sure. Um. I don't know. I I I liked how Deadpool functioned as an R-rated movie, but I feel like I we don't Deadpool necessarily need really well. more Deadpools. Well, my thing is, I didn't really care for Logan. Oh, I didn't even see Logan. I thought Logan was, like, really dour, and some of the, the action was a little, like, too much to the point where, to me, it it counter contrasted with the, the tone it was trying to make. It's like, we're going to be this really dark movie, and all the people are dead, and there's this journey, and uh, Professor Xavier's got problems. And it's, like, you know, it's like this kind of, like, sad, bro brooding movie. Brooding? Movie. But then the the action kicks in and like people are starting to do flips and getting our limbs cut off and there's blood and I don't know it it felt like it had like Deadpool levels of violence but without the Deadpool charm to like make it work. So I I definitely I don't know the, the, the internet really seemed to like that movie when it came out and it was like oh this is the best superhero movie ever because it's R rated and they can do different yeah. stuff. And but isn't that why people like Big Bang Theory? Is that they're told that they like it, so they do? I don't know. I actually watched like the newest episode yesterday that came out, and I laughed at parts. That's it good. definitely hasn't evolved in however many years it's been on now, but it's... If you like the characters in that show, it's still funny. It's just... God, it, it should have ended a while ago. It's, it's um, you know, making the same jokes for like 14 years in a row now is running pretty thin. I got I got a mod on World of Warcraft where if you die it plays Seinfeld music. Oh, there you go. It's pretty good. Yeah. Um, There's one more thing, a uh, violent thing I want to bring up is I saw a commercial for uh, not rape. smoking. Oh, okay. <laughs> and there was like these uh, they look kind of like claymation lungs, and they were snowboarding, and like the one of the lungs had you know. That, that was the lungs that smoked, so it wasn't as good at snowboarding. It was falling behind, which isn't really how it works in snowboarding, because you just go down with the snow, and it, you're pretty fast regardless how much you weigh. 
Um, but it goes off a jump wrong and it lands in a tree and like gets impaled in the tree and it's like eye pops out and it's like hanging down. It's like this really fucking gross graphic commercial and it's like you don't want to be Little Lungs. He smoked. And it's like Little Lungs is really dead right now <laughs> and his eyeballs hang out. How the fuck is this on TV? <laughs> Oh, did you ever see Tuck's new Chuck? No, I'm sorry. Chuck's new Tux. No. Chuck's new Tux. Um, concerned it. These ads on, on YouTube. I'm almost tempted to buy that better YouTube that doesn't have ads. Okay. I'm watching the thing you sent, by the way. Okay. Where are you at? He just uh, knocked over the pizza guy. Can't tell if he's, like, really lucky or really not lucky. <laughs> God. Reminds me of, like, Happy Tree Friends. I love Harry Partridge so much. Um, So I watched that. I saw that lung thing, and it's like, yeah, that's... Even though it's, like, claymation and cartoony, it's a bit much. Isn't it? I don't want to look at it for too long. Normally, like, I watch, like, anti-smoking commercials, and I'm just like, fuck you, I want to smoke now, because your commercial's dumb. That one, I was just like, oh, fuck, make it go away. I won't smoke if you make it go away. <laughs> I, yeah, but I, I love the, I love with, with Chuck's new tux, the shock value part is, um, it's just far enough over the line that it's the last thing you would have expected to see. Right. And it lingers on it for so long that it gives you time to not only process it, but also laugh more. Yeah, I mean, he he's, like, impaled by, like, six different things. And not comfortably, either. It's not like, no, oh, that's through my chest, I'm gonna die. It is, like, the worst way. And, like, there's one going through, like, his chin. <laughs> and, like, he can't really move his arms, so he can almost move one of his hands, and he's, like, can't do anything about anything that's happening to him. And then he throws up. So I sent, I sent this to a guy once, and I said, oh, guy, you gotta watch this cartoon I just saw. It's really funny. So I sent it to him, and he's like, okay, I'll watch it. Oh, this is boring. Uh, okay, I get it. He did, Okay, I get it. All right. Okay. This is boring. I don't want to watch this. Ah. Uh, uh, okay. And then he's gonna hit the cake. I get it. And then, like, <laughs> when it gets to the shocker part, he goes completely silent. And and so I'm waiting for a while, and he wouldn't say anything. And so I'm kind of like, okay, if I mean, if you didn't think it was funny, I'm sorry. And then like there was like a minute of silence, and then just he inhaled. And you know when you're laughing so hard where you're not even making sound. Yeah, like he literally could not process sound because it hit him so much. Damn, it's such a surprise. He's like. <laughs> I feel like we didn't even, like, almost scratch the surface of, of like, how violence can be used. Like, we, we covered a lot of it, but none of it in depth, and I don't know if I'm smart enough to cover it in depth. Because, like, like hey, ten almost... minutes ago, I was talking about how, like, maybe some cartoons are too violent, and it's really not funny. And then you sent me that, and it's, like, so violent that it's hilarious. Yeah, and I mean, I, I feel like we could pick, like, one subject and study deep into it. Like, if we wanted to, to just dissect Mortal Kombat animations, we could spend an hour on it. Mm-hmm. Um, one of my favorite games is uh, Metal Gear Rising Revengeance. I need to play that so bad. 
and uh, yeah, have you have you played that yet at all? No, my brother keeps trying to get me to, and then it never happens. It's such a it's good PC. Game. It's um, it's just such. It's one of my favorites. It's like my second favorite video game of all time. But what they do with violence is everyone you're fighting are like cyborgs. So even other people, and you're killing people. It's like it's white cyborg goo and not blood. Sure. So it's a little like more palatable, even though you're ripping out spines and like crushing the spines to fuel your own battery. And I remember once, like I, I was, I like to play on the really hard difficulties. And there was this shootout where I'm deflecting bullets, I'm bouncing around, and you like kill that guy, kill that guy, combo, murder, and there was a part where I spent all of my energy, and I so I didn't have any like power left to do a really good attack. And there was one guy left, so it's like, okay, I gotta make sure I handle this just right and deflect this bullet right when he fires, because if I if I get hit once, I die. Okay. So I roll around right in front of him, and I'm ready to counter. Like he's standing there with his gun, okay. Mm-hmm. And I just killed three other guys, just the one guy left. So I roll around, and like in slow motion, I'm processing this, and I jump in front of him so I can deflect his bullet when he pulls the trigger. And as I rolled around. It wasn't actually a guy, it was half of a guy that I cut in an accident, <laughs> and just, like, his left half was still there, and it, like, oh, fell over. And it was like, oh, okay, <laughs> I did it just right then. And it's like, the fact that that could happen in this game is what, like, sold it as the best game I've ever played. Yeah, um, that's pretty funny. But it was also I was thinking, though- just cartoony enough that I didn't get grossed out by any of it. It's funny, because you're talking about, like, cyborg violence, and it's like, okay, it's a little more palatable, but then you go to, like, when Bishop gets ripped in half in Aliens, and, like, his white shit's hanging out everywhere, and it's leaking out of his mouth, and, like, that's still really disturbing, even though it's a robot. And so it's funny how, like, that exact same concept, you know, applied to different contexts can be, you know, have the, basically the exact same, or completely different effect, the exact opposite effect. That's true. Um, There's a mystery science theater where they watched a Gumby short. And in the Gumby short, uh, robots take over because they tell the robots to help with yard work. But then they're like tearing up the whole yard. And so it's the whole short is about them going around and stopping all the robots. And so then the mystery science theater robots are just talking about how like the horrible gore that they're watching. (laughs) And they're just like describing it as the most violent thing they've ever seen while Gumby's like he, like, gets behind a robot and uses a, a a wrench and just, like, cartoonishly removes his arms. And they're like, oh, oh no! <laughs> <laughs> and it's just, like, to, to different people, you kind of interpret some of the stuff different, depending on how much you think about it. Yeah. Vi- oh, boy. Violence is interesting. Violence is interesting. I think this might be a topic we revisit, um... Maybe after we think of like something specific we want to focus on. Yeah, I think I think that we have a handful we should probably revisit. Oh yeah, we're farther I, in we should talk about anime again. Um, not that to, like, this listen. episode wasn't about anime, but <laughs> it's anime. Something that comes up enough in our in our show, it's kind of hard to be like, if we talk about anime again, how are we going to make sure we don't cover what we've done? I I'm going to listen to the anime episode again and take notes on what we should yes. avoid. I will, I will do that too if we end up doing anime again. Um, speaking of anime, is there any anime you're watching now? Uh, no, I just finished My Hero, so I'm done with season three. Is there, like, a lady that, like, 
turns giant or something? Yes. Okay. There, She's. I see a lot of like, like kinky art of her, and I'm trying to figure out like, is that from that show? Yeah, she's um, she's kind of like a gag character. I think she shows up like maybe four or five times. Is like she's kind of she's an adult hero, but she's sort of shitty. But she'll be in the background or whatever. Or they'll make a joke about her. So of course, you know, the internet's gonna latch on and draw a shitload of porn. Yeah, I don't think I know any of the main characters of the anime because people only draw background characters. There's a lot of background characters, and a lot of some of them have pretty good design, so I'm not surprised. Plus, the main cast are kids, and so yeah, you, know, you get you get into that kind of fuzzy territory. Of, yeah, I don't know. That doesn't this. stop some people. I don't. No, it I doesn't. Don't. But it, it is. It can be a little off-putting. It's like look at all this erotic art of a, of this 16 year old. Speaking of off-putting, what was the last pudding you had? Because I got this chocolate and banana one. It had bananas in it. Ugh. He was, I don't know, it doesn't sound great on paper, but I really thoroughly enjoyed it. I don't really eat a lot of pudding, I kind of don't. There's something I don't really quite like about it anymore. You mean you find it off-putting? Yeah, you already made that joke, though. You know what else is off-putting? It's Glad Space. No, this is on-pudding. Glad Space. Yay. Yay. I don't know what to pick this week, I have a couple things I could talk about. Um, I want to talk about Final Fantasy XIV, my favorite game. <laughs> At the end of the episode, I'm going to put a sad song that's about the whole dragon love triangle. Um, and it's about answers. And the whole song is asking questions about, like, why are you fighting? Because you're stupid and I want answers. That's fair. Uh, no, it's not called Answers. I'm thinking of the other song. I'm going to put the dragon song at the end of the show because I love it. And that's my glad space. I listen to it a lot. Okay, um, I guess my glad space is I finally got to see a death metal show last week Friday. Okay, and it was amazing, and not just because they're bands I really liked, but just the the vibe and the way the music hits you is really different from any of the other metal shows I've been to, like the radio friendly ones. Mm-hmm. Where like it, it you it just like shakes you. The composition is so different, like the the kicks on the drums and stuff. They're so. They have so much more presence, and I don't think this is entirely just the way, like you know, mixing or the way the the room was. It was the the way this music was constructed was. It's just it's different enough where when it gets big, it gets so big, and it you can like feel it, and it's fucking awesome. And so I guess to the listeners, like even if you don't like death metal, if you get a chance to go to a show, I would say you should you should just to see what it's like because it's going to be. Nothing like you've experienced before. And you're going to see all the people moshing, and you're going to be like, oh, I, I get that. I, I I understand why they are going crazy and, and running into each other right now and, and laughing like maniacs. Because when you're there and it's going on, you're like, fuck, I kind of want to do that too. Man, it it means a lot to feel alive. Yeah. And, and you don't realize it until you experience something like that. Is in just the way Winter Sun construct their music, like it's so their songs are so like epic sounding, and they'll like slow down and do like the pleasant guitar riff, and then it'll just be like this explosion of like you know the rhythm guitars hit in, and the drums just start going a mile a minute, and that start and stop it like physically really makes you feel it's cool. It, it was it was amazing. That sounds cool. Um, I think that's it, though. Okay, and I found a I... song. It's called Dragon Song. Cool. Oh, Enjoy. I want to plug something. What? Um, for my other podcast, the Comics Podcast. 
we are actually playing around with the website and just basically the normal functions of, of Podiant who hosted. Oh, okay, cool. And so I'm bringing some of my short stories over to thecomicspodcast.com, and you'll be able to find them in the blog. And so, f- listeners, if you want to read any of the fiction I've wrote, um, every Monday I'm going to bring one over until I'm out of stories to bring over there. Yeah, what was the one you just put up? Was it the Fire Cellar? Yes. I like that one. Uh, the one I'll be putting up next week uh, on Monday is called Ringing. It's a weird horror story about, uh, I guess, machines and a guy having tinnitus. I like the one that was about the Game Boy Advance SP Blue Edition. <laughs> I didn't write that one. Okay. Yeah, sorry. I don't know. I liked Fire Cellar. Yeah, that was a that that was that was a pretty good one. I actually never reread it when I posted it, so I'm hoping it's still good. I think I wrote that like five or six months ago now. Yeah, I mean, I enjoyed it when I, when I read that first cut. So I'm sure it aged the five months just fine. I'm sure. It's I've been. Stupid. I don't know. I'm still I'm still re-editing my first novel that I wrote back. Yeah, in but that was a while ago. It's getting better. I think I'm getting just used to it, and it's like, you know, Stockholm Syndrome now, but... That's good. Yeah, whatever makes it makes me hate myself less, I'll take it. Stockholm Syndrome just means you made a friend. Yeah. I'll send there. I like that. That's a good way. That's a little bit uplifting way to end. <laughs> that's, a, that's awful, dude. I know, it's great. So let's... Okay, yeah, I guess we'll stop there. I mean, we, if you don't want to stop there, we don't have to stop there. I well, you know what? As the person who edits it, I guess I don't have any say in the matter. So, <laughs> good night, everybody. Bye, everybody. This is Dragon Song. I got that trailer, and we'll get him, get him, not going, but I'm